Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we look at your life, we see what love looks like. And indeed, we see that love is not selfish. And today, as we take a look into your word, help us to understand not only what it means that love is not selfish, but help us to learn to have selfishness pushed out of our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue in this um, series called It's All About Love, you know, love is a big word. And in our society, we have... One word for love, and it can mean so many different things. But yet we see in the Bible, in the Greek language, it's more precise. There's different types of love talked about. There's eros, a sensual form of love. There's phileo, a friendship form of love. There's stargo, a family kind of love. And, but when Jesus entered um, history, the word used to describe his love is the word agape, a love that gives and gives and gives without expecting in return. And today, as we break down the definition of love, which has been focusing on 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, what we see is that love is not selfish. And we live in a world, though, that so often is very self-conscious, very much focused on self. You go to a, a bookstore or maybe the library, and there's a section on self-awareness, maybe or it could be you know, a lot of different topics about self or self-improvements, discovering yourself. The list can go on and on. And our society is so often just consumed with self and so often looking down upon others. It says in Isaiah chapter 56, verse 11, they all turn to their own way. Each seeks his own gain. And if we're honest ourselves, sometimes are we selfish? Yeah. And I think it's part of our sinful nature. In fact, what we're going to see is that you can't be selfish, we can't be loving at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. The two are odds with each other, selfishness and love. And it says in Proverbs 28, 25, selfishness only causes trouble. Now today, there's three things I'm going to share. So it's not a lot to remember, and hopefully you can remember these three things when it deals with how to live a, a selfless life, Okay? A life that's not selfish. And the first thing I want to share is this. The antidote to selfishness is to build strong relationships. Build strong relationships. And the ultimate example, I think, in this is to look at the life of Jesus. Look at what he did when he walked on this planet. And it's important to realize he was 100% man, 100% God. And even as he was... You know, walking is plenty. He still knew everything is going on in everybody's lives, even as in a human body, but still he was 100% human. And what we see is that he was a savior of relationship. And he focused most of his time on how many people? Twelve. Why not hundreds? I mean, sometimes he spoke to multitudes. And there were other people that um, he was around. There was, you know, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And there was some of the women that accompanied um, the disciples. But his network wasn't that large. And I think we see an example in this, that when it comes to relationships, you know, as human beings, there's only so many that we can really do a great job with. And, and the focus on having great relationships. And I find it, you know, so amazing that one of his disciples, John, 
he refers to himself in which way? The one that Jesus loved. He has felt, I'm his favorite, okay? And I think that every person that came across Jesus probably felt the same way, and we're that we can feel the same way too. As God, he's deeply involved in our lives, but as human walking this planet, we see he had a network. It says in Ephesians 2.19, you are members of God's very own family. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we are sisters and brothers. We have a heavenly father, and, and Jesus is our brother. We're all together as a family. And he's established his church. It goes on, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. That a church is meant to be a place of relationship. Now, there are 1,400 plus people in this church. There's no way you can have a deep, close relationship with every one of them. But we need to look at Jesus' model. And ultimately, we see there, there needs to be a network in our life of people that we are in relationship with through, through family, through close friends, relatives, um, and within the church. And I've talked before about the importance in life of having um, three types of relationships, the Pauls and the Barnabases and the Timothys. The Pauls in our lives are those that, like Timothy was being, you know, trained by Paul, and, and so the Pauls are, we're like a Timothy. We have people we look up to like Paul that are further along in their faith journey than we are, and people that help us to attain the higher levels in our walk with Jesus. We need some of those. We need Barnabases that are the ones on the same level as our, deep, our closest friends or, or family members that are very honest with us. And, and um, they can walk up to you and say, you know what? What you just did was stupid. That was really dumb. Why'd you do that? People that can be brutally honest and hold you to account. And I keep thinking of my best friend growing up. To this day, we're still great friends. And, and we went to high school and elementary school and youth group together. And, and then um, every summer, I go to Minnesota. He comes up and stays at my dad's place for a while. And we, and we talk about our faith a lot. We've encouraged each other for over 50 years in our faith journey. Paul's and Barnabas and Timothy's are the ones that we are mentoring up. The people that maybe they're you know, neighbors, family members, maybe they're grandkids, but people that we are mentoring and bringing along in their faith journey. But focusing on relationship, the more we focus on relationship, the less we're focusing on who? Ourselves. And the less you focus on yourself, I can guarantee the better your life is going to become. And it says in Hebrews 10.25, let us not give up the habit of meeting together, Instead, let us encourage one another. There's a phenomenon going on across our country where people are turning their backs to organized religion. They think they can do it on their own. It doesn't work, folks. We're sheep, okay? By ourselves, separated, we are easy prey to the, the wolf, the lion, Satan, and his demons. We need um, fellowship. We need people around us to, to help us on that path. We need to be in those deep relationships, and we need to focus on those relationships. People that are selfish don't have good relationships. In the end, they only have themselves quite often. And so focus on you know, building great and strong relationships. The next point is this. Give yourself away. Give yourself away. Now, what's that supposed to mean? It says in Ephesians 2.10, God has given us new lives from Christ Jesus, and long, 
And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. We're not made to be self-serving. We're made to serve God and others. And the more that we live our lives that way, the better our lives become. I always love, like, we, you know, as a congregation, you know, we've done a number of, of painting projects. And there's been times that I have um, encouraged some people to go. They didn't want to go, but they went. And after they got done, I said, how was it? And guess what? They absolutely loved it. And it's amazing sometimes to serve. You've got to get outside your comfort zone. But yet when you do it, what happens? It's awesome. We've got to get past that selfish stage of, hey, I want to do my own thing. But the more that we, we live for others and serve others, the more we find why we're here. We're meant to be servants. You look in the Bible and you see, you know, Paul, he says, the first verse in a lot of his, his, his letters, I, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, or James, a servant of Christ Jesus, and I shared before, the word for servant is the word doulis, which is somebody who, they're a slave, and their master sets them free, In their freedom, they choose to go back to their master and say, you know what, I give myself back to you to do whatever you want with me. I'll do anything you want. See, Christ has set us free. And on the freedom, we should do what? Give ourselves back to him to serve. And the more we live that way, the better our lives become. In Mark 8, 35, only those who throw away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it means to really live. You want to find your life? What do you need to do according to God's word and God's way of doing things? You give yourself away, okay? The more you hang on to your life, the more you, you try to take control of your own life, the more you get out of control, and things fall apart. So point one, build strong relationships. Point two, give yourself away. Live as servants. And the last one is this. Practice self-denial. Practice self-denial. Does that sound kind of um, like a tough one? Self-denial. Okay, I want to clarify. You know, self-denial is not thinking less of yourself. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. Catch that? It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. The more that we practice this, the more we find the true meaning of life. There's a verse in Philippians 2, and it says... Look out for one another's interest, not just for your own. The attitude you should have is the one that Christ Jesus had. The word look in the Greek is the word scopus, which means um, to survey, to um, pay attention. And what he's saying here, what Paul is saying as part of the Holy Spirit is pay attention, survey the needs of others. As you're going through life, you know, so often we, we're stuck on our own agenda, we're stuck in our own minds, and, and our, we're not paying attention to the people around us. We're, we're scopusing ourselves. That's selfishness. What it's saying here is get the focus off yourself and put your focus on who? Others. You see somebody, it looks like they're having a bad day. Take some time to find out, hey, what's going on? Maybe ask some questions. Are you okay? What's going on? You know, let's be honest. When you, when you meet people, you see people, it's like, how's it going? What's the typical response? Fine, okay? 
Scopists, they're fine. Are they meaning it or not? If they're not meaning it, go deeper. Are you sure? Is everything okay? We're called upon to be there for one another. And so often, we, it's like we want to be, we don't, we want to be ignorant, okay? We don't want to know what's going on. We're having a hard enough time sometimes with ourselves. But I'll tell you what, the more we live outside of ourselves, the more that we serve others, the more we deny ourselves, the more we're going to find love. The more we're going to find God working through us. God wants to work through you to bring his love to those around you. And to scope out what's going on in the lives of those around you. It says in um, Luke 9.23, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Deny yourself. Want to find yourself? Deny yourself. Give yourself away. Think of yourself less. And by the way, as Christians, it's important for us to love ourselves for who we are in Christ. Okay, I want to make that clear. Okay? If you don't love yourself for who you are in Christ, guess what? Are you going to be able to love anybody else? No. God loves us. We learn to love him back. And we learn to love ourselves who are in Christ. And the more that that love goes like this, the more it's going to go how? Out. Focusing in that vertical relationship, and then the horizontal happens more. And Jesus was the ultimate one to deny himself. He denied himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. He gave himself away completely that we can have life forever. Leading people to follow Jesus, that's our path. That's a tough path, isn't it? But I tell you what, it's a lot more fun than being selfish. The more that we surrender, the more we find freedom. And in closing, what I want to share with you is um, here's some statements You deny yourself when, and here's some different ones, first of all, you can watch other people prosper and succeed without feeling jealous, but rather rejoice in their success. Okay, so people, are great things are happening for them. Maybe you're having a bad day, things are going bad for you, but they're going great for them. Instead of being jealous, what are you doing? You're celebrating with them. When you see other people's needs being met with abundance while your needs are far greater, yet you don't question God or fail to be grateful for what you do have. The ninth and 10th commandments talk about what? Do not what? Covet. Learn to be content with what God has given you. We're blessed. Even if somebody's being more blessed than you, that's, that's okay. Okay? Next, you choose to serve someone else and you choose to put their needs ahead of yours. I want to share with you a goofy story. So a guy um, goes out to his mailbox, and there's this um, envelope. He opens it up. It's a check for 10000 bucks. Okay, he doesn't know the name of the person who sent it. It's got his name on it. He goes to the bank. He cashes it, 10000 bucks. It goes in his account. The next week, he goes to his um, mailbox again. Another check for 10000 bucks. This goes on for a couple months. Okay, kind of nice. Every, a $10,000 check coming every month for now a couple months. The third month, he goes out to, you know, the first week of the third month, he goes out to his mailbox and no check. The neighbor next door, though, says, hey, John, you're not going to believe it. I just got this check for $10,000. And for the next two months, he gets the check. 
How are you feeling? Normal human reaction is what? Oh, that was mine. <laughs> you know, I should be getting that money. But yet, in the first place, it was given to you freely, right? And the point is this, that God gives us everything that we have continuously. All we have is from him, but he doesn't stop giving it to us. We keep, we keep getting blessed in so many ways, and, and the blessings may differ from one person to another as far as you know, worldly things, but the bottom line, he gives us what we need to rejoice in that and rejoice for others when they're being blessed as well by God and remind people how blessed they are. Next, you share your faith knowing that you may be insulted or put down. All right, here's something. This, this is going to be a little bit more convicting. The most important thing in our life is what? Our faith, correct? If we don't share this amazing, eternal, free faith that we have with others, what are we being, folks? Selfish, maybe? But yet we're concerned about what? Our self. We're concerned about what people might think about us. If they, if they, we're concerned, will I say it right? Will I make a fool of myself? If those people don't know Christ. Um, what more damage can you do? I mean, it's just the bottom line is, you know, to, to take that opportunity. And, and I still want to share that the best way for us to share our faith is not so often with words, but with what? Action. Next, you don't seek praise or fish for compliments. You don't seek the approval of others. You can live without constantly being recognized and applauded. Okay, I'm going to share something. I don't want to offend anybody. Observations last week. I went to McDonald's on Indian Bend on Saturday. And for those of you in that area on Saturday at McDonald's, what is all around there? Cars. Okay? All kinds of cars. And I'm in line, a long line, and I'm watching the guys and the, the sometimes couples with their cars. And they're sitting in chairs. Some of their chairs are the same color as the car. You know, and they're sitting there. And what I realized for a lot of them, not for all of them, a lot of them, what are they doing? They're fishing for what? Compliments. They're waiting for someone to come over and say, that is an amazing car. And he's, yeah, it's an amazing car. It's my car. You know, and, and we got to be careful in life that, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with having hobbies, but don't let your hobbies become God. I think there's some people there that I think for some of them, that's their God. That car is their God. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be an empty life. Okay? Put God first always. Don't be fishing for compliments and to be applauded. A few more. You draw out the other person in a conversation instead of telling your stories and opinions. Folks, people... Um, like to talk, and sometimes we do too. And we don't have to be the one talking all the time. The Bible says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. The best thing to do, I think, so often in conversations is not to go into long talks yourself, but ask questions. Ask questions and get to other people talking. And so often, it's a real blessing, okay? Listen more, talk less. Encourage people to, to come out as sharing with Pastor Allen um, earlier today that we both at the seminary we had what was called a theological interview. And it's, just, it's the end of your fourth year, and three professors grill you for one hour. And it's a nerve wracking experience. And, and I just remember mine vividly, and I was just sweating bullets. And I got into the meeting, and one of the professors is from South Korea, has a very strong accent. He asked a question, I couldn't understand what he was saying. I said, I don't understand your question. 
said it again. I said, I still don't understand the question. And then some of the other professors tried to think, well, I think he's saying this, or I think he's saying that. And, and before I knew it, I kept asking them questions, and they started talking back and forth, and I kept asking more questions, and then the whole hour went by, and I talked maybe five minutes. And these guys are just talking away. And when it was all said and done, these guys go, wow, that was the most fun theological interview we've ever had. You know, sometimes the best thing to do in life is just ask questions. Pull other people out in the conversation. It's not about what we have to say. Focus more on them. You can accept criticism willingly and learn from it with teachable attitude. If you are a non-selfish person, you listen to people, and sometimes the criticism is what? Good. You can learn from it. If it's not good, if you don't agree with it, that's fine, but listen and don't take things offensively. You can be content with less than the best of circumstances without griping or complaining. That's a great way to witness to people is just being positive in bad situations. And last one, you accept interruptions that God places in your schedule and you patiently endure irritations. Okay, this is a really important one. You got your life set and you got your day set. You're going down your path and all of a sudden God puts somebody right in front of you. What are you going to do? Remember the parable of the Good Samaritan? Okay? The priest and the Levite did what? They stuck to their daily schedule and they didn't help the guy. The Samaritan completely got his schedule messed up probably for two days and he went and helped a complete stranger. If God wants to interrupt your life, let him do it. And make the changes. So often we want to be comfortable. We want to you know, stick to our schedule and we, we don't want to get outside that comfort zone. But yet I'll tell you what, the more that we let God be God and, and listen to um, the opportunities, see the opportunities, the scope us, the opportunities he gives to us, be willing to be interrupted and go his path. And so in closing, my friends, love is not selfish. And I want to encourage us in our lives to to think about these truths from God's word, to to focus on having great relationships, to focus on giving yourself away, to focus on denying yourself. And the more that we do this, the more we're going to find lives that are truly free, and the more we're going to be a blessing to others, and the more we're going to be conduits of sharing God's love with more people. Let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for being love. And help us, Lord, to surrender ourselves more to you, to deny ourselves, to let your spirit fill us with love, to humble ourselves to you, to put ourselves aside. And in so doing, what we find is freedom. We find love. We find purpose and joy. Thank you for showing us example. Lord, I pray we take time each and every day to think about the example you showed us, Jesus, and help us to have the same type of attitude to show forth a love that is not selfish. We praise in your name. Amen. This time the offer will be received. If you please sign the registers in your rows at this time as well.